When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, Road Show Thursday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Ninth and P here on Thursdays, home football weeks. And back Saturday for the weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., we welcome in with Counter Reed, Brandon L. Vogel. At Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, counterread.com. Get your subscription now. Incredible football work, volleyball, all things uh, Big Red with Brandon and Aaron Sorensen. Vogues, uh, you, you have this setup, and if you're watching the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, you can see what I'm talking about. But Vogues has got his wall of books behind. And is it candlelight off to your right? I mean, there's a really warm fall november glow to this setup we have are you going to tell us a ghost story about turnovers and bull eligibility <clears throat> maybe um that, that, that could be the tale on on saturday it gets dark gar- dark early here on the uh west coast of the eastern time zone so i've, I've had to macgyver together a uh three-point lighting setup that that uh, needs <clears throat> it needs some work Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> no, it looks it looks so. uh, uh, it, it looks mysterious and uh, I'll say cozy, <laughs> not, yeah. not in a uh, not in a crawl space kind of way. It just looks cozy. It lo- it looks like do, Brandon doing do what we can. Looks like Brandon, you need to have a nice cup of tea and a bowl of lobster bisque in front of you. Which lobster much better than crab. We're getting into that at the end of the last segment. Lobster is great. Crab. Stupid, overrated, hard to eat, and like at the end of the day, it shouldn't be the rich man's food that it's it's currently portrayed as. Like, I don't want to come off as a lobster hater, or excuse me, a crab hater, because it's like, you know what? It's good food. If you give me some like crab, like that's a, a seafood I will eat. I'm not a big seafood guy, but I'll eat crab. I'll eat lobster. It's good. But crab is severely overrated in my humble opinion, just based on what you're gonna have to pay for a good crab. I would agree. I've never, <clears throat> I like crab. Um, it's, I, I, I've never once ordered it at a restaurant. Yeah. Like if you give me a crab cake where um, all of the crab, the tiny, the tiny morsels of crab have been removed and I can just sit down and eat it. I'm like I'm in. Um, lobster <laughs> requires a lot of work as well, but at least you get, you know, you've got the lobster tail there that like after 45 minutes of finagling that thing out of there. Um, if you've ever had just a whole boiled lobster, um, then at least you can sink your teeth into something. So, See, and lobster, the, the, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, really did used to be like peasant food. Like there were so many of them um, on the East Coast that it was like we've just got tons of this stuff. So I guess just just give it to the people who can't afford beef. Lobster and crab, both. I was saying this at the end of the last segment. It's true. Back in like colonial New England, it was illegal to feed your servants crab more than twice a week. It was seen as inhumane <laughs> to do so. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. Brandon Vogel's with us. So it, it is a lot of work for crab legs. Almost as much work for these two offenses, Vogues, to put an 8-10 to 10 play drive together. It's just a lot easier to score points with a big play, and I know you focused in on that with your column today on counter-read, but let's dive in a little bit to uh, Nebraska-Maryland here. Vogue's gut says what about Saturday? How are you feeling? Um, I mean, it's... If you take what Nebraska averages on offense and what Maryland gives up on defense and vice versa, you end up with basically both teams should average about five yards a game, yeah, five yards per play, which kind of shakes out to I think what we're seeing the line at. Last I saw this morning, it was Maryland Maryland minus two. It should be that type of game. That said, I think uh, Nebraska probably needs to play closer to its its best um to to keep it that way whereas maryland maybe <clears throat> could get away with uh, a bad quarter or a bad you know two drives or so i just think over 30 30 points again and nebraska nebraska's right under 20 so they just have a little bit more more wiggle room they've got a quarterback who's who's played a ton of college football really spreads the ball around. Um, they've got three receivers plus the tight end over 30 receptions on season. I mean, this is the past heaviest team in the, in the conference. So defensively, Nebraska will, will challenge Maryland, but it's, it's very similar to Michigan state last week, I think, in that the Terps are on a four game losing streak. Uh, and you got to worry a little bit about the, the kind of backed into a corner nature of this game. If you're, if you're Nebraska. Vogues, is, is Maryland's offense fun and awesome, or does it look great because it's in the Big Ten? Um, <laughs> probably, probably more of the latter. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see next year when somebody, somebody other than Tagovailoa is, is operating it, um, I would say. But, you know, Maryland, since they've come in, in 2014, they've, they've always, they're a fertile recruiting area. Um, so they're always talented and athletic. They're always kind of pretty explosive. They used to be really explosive via the run um, to an almost shocking degree. Like Maryland of four or five years ago, it was, they would just they'd have insane rushing numbers uh, in terms of yards per play. They would hit really big plays that way. And they still do get some big plays that way with this group, although the rushing totals aren't that high. But they've fully moved into to kind of, uh, uh, I guess, the Big Ten, the closest thing the Big Ten has to to an air raid team. Um, it doesn't look like that, but just, just relative to, to, you know, what Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, Minnesota, those schools type tend to do it, it definitely feels like uh like a like a curveball in this league it's brandon vogel with us here on hail varsity radio and brandon whenever you look ahead to saturday one of two things needs to happen preferably you'd like to have both but either nebraska's defense needs to slow down and really shut down the high-flying maryland offense keep them off the board more than they have been in, in recent weeks or the offense has to go out and exceed expectations against a Maryland defense that, to be fair, isn't world beaters, but Nebraska's offense has been far from that as well. Either the offense is going to have to step up and score more points or the defense is really going to have to slow down slash shut down that Maryland offense. And 
of those two, which do you think is the more likely way that Nebraska wins this football game? More likely is is probably the defense easier. Um, well, I don't know the right way to phrase this. Like, I think it's going to – it's more likely the defense just comes out, has a great plan. Maybe it, it has a bad taste in its mouth from, from not being peak uh, black shirts that we've seen this season last week and uh, <clears throat> really kind of shuts things down. But I think there'll be a, a give and take here. That's the strength on strength matchup, Maryland's offense against Nebraska's defense. Um, so if that's a stalemate, well, then it comes right back to, okay, can Nebraska's offense do enough? Uh, you know, I wrote this. Maryland's won 14 straight games when holding opponents to 20 or less. Nebraska's got to get to 20. It doesn't average 20. Uh, it's 19.9. So basically it averages 20. Um, it's probably going to take 24 or 27 for, for Nebraska to win this game. How are you going to get there? Um, I, you know, at this point, given the injuries, given the inexperience, like the, Nebraska sorely needs those big plays in the passing game. I felt like they kind of hunted them a little bit against Michigan State and couldn't make it. Couldn't make it happen. Can they do it this week? That's that's kind of the game in a nutshell for me. Brandon Vogel is with us from Counter Reed. Vogue's a, a thought with Nebraska's run game because the, the Huskers lead the, the, the league in rushing. You've seen some glimpses. You've also seen defenses adjust to Harburg. You know, what kind of game are you looking for from him in the run game? Emmett Johnson, uh, Anthony Grant, this offensive line. I mean, Maryland's athletic and, and fast, and they get after the quarterback. That said, they're they're not the biggest defense. Can you line up and just pound away? Yeah, I mean, there's. I think on paper that that would be the approach. Um, so this this Maryland defense is pretty good at limiting the big plays, which you know we've been spending most of this segment talking about. The one area uh, when Nebraska has the ball where it's kind of a stalemate, or, or maybe Nebraska has a slight edge, is. Uh, this Maryland team isn't great at t- keeping teams off schedule via the rush. So could Nebraska do it that way? It's possible. That said, you know, yeah, yes, Nebraska leads the leads the Big Ten in rushing. Um, it's, it's, it's averaging fewer than four yards per carry in, in Big Ten play. Like, it's just kind of a strange year in the Big Ten where you don't have kind of a lot of those singular backs – Rutgers running back leads the leads the league in rushing. Um, you know, so I, I just watching Mike Loxley's press conference. One of the reporters there brought up, and I didn't verify this myself, but I have. You know, it came from somewhere that last week <laughs> Penn State had I think over 125 of its 180 total yards, basically up the middle, quote unquote. We saw last week Michigan State was really committed, and we've seen, and we've seen opponents prior to this, like with Nebraska's option game. I think teams have figured out like make make Harburg pitch it, um, and you'll just deal with what happens after that. If if the running back beats you, the running back beats you, but it's less danger than Harburg, who we've seen with a with a number of long runs to this point. So, could Nebraska have some success between the tackles? Um, could be kind of an interesting part to this game. The numbers would say maybe. Um, that said, we haven't seen a whole lot of it from Nebraska. 
Brandon, before we get you out of here, about 60 seconds, I thought in on the stream here from NUGPA, I believe that's NU Grandpa, of our remaining games, which is our best chance of winning? What is your take on, on where Nebraska stands their best chance at getting to six? Is it on Saturday? It's probably this one. Um, though, we'll see We'll see what happens with Iowa over these three remaining three games. It gets, it gets interesting with the Hawkeyes. I wouldn't be surprised. Right now, Iowa, Iowa would still be favored in Lincoln, I think, but by how much? And it could end up being close to close to where this line sits now. Iowa, we, we know about the struggles on offense. What gets interesting for me with them over these final three weeks is they face basically the three rushing quarterbacks in the league. And they've got Gavin Wimsett of Rutgers this week, Altmeyer, presumably of Illinois, and then Harburg with, with Nebraska. And they haven't really faced that, that threat uh, so far this year. Brandon Vogel, counterread, counterread.com. Log on, check out his work, Aaron Sorensen's work. Vogels will check in Saturday morning. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he is, Brandon Vogel uh, with us. And in agreement on the crab versus lobster debate, we'll dive in and get some thoughts from Matt Rule. Some Rule Rewind on the way. We're here at the single barrel. Hale Varsity continues down here at 9th and P.